impression. Our impression today is that we are human. And we are subject to humanity. Ah, but yesterday, we had over 1,500 people join with us at Black Gold Park in Glenpool, and we served our community well yesterday. And I want to say a great big thank you personally to our dream team of volunteers and those I Love My Church shirts. You guys were happy, and I loved it, and we are so thankful that um, we were able to do that. We had like close to 18,000 eggs in the park yesterday. That's a lot. It's a lot. It is always amazing to me how quickly they go. It's like when we first did it, we had like 8,000 eggs, and we thought, man, that went really fast. I think 18,000 go faster than 8,000. It's like locusts descend upon the eggs and eat them all away. But um, wow, what a, what a great day, and uh, it's just amazing. And today, this, this is a very special day. First off, it's Easter, and the uniqueness of Christianity is that we don't just have a martyr. Matter of fact, we have many martyrs for the gospel through the last 2,000 years. There are a lot of religions in this world that were based by someone who became a martyr. They died for their religious cause. But the Christian church, we don't just have a martyr, we have a savior. And the difference is that while others may have died for their cause, our Savior died and rose again for the cause. And He came as the bloodless, or the, or the spotless blood lamb. He gave His blood, spilled His blood on a cross. He died. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. But then beyond that, we recognize here on Easter Sunday that He rose again. Resurrection Day. Resurrection Day is a day of hope. Resurrection Day is a day of peace. Resurrection Day, a day of life. Today we start a series, and I personally am, I mean, I'm vested in what I'm, I'm going to talk about today and then going into next week and the other, and the other two. Three more, three more weeks to this series. I would encourage you that over these next four weeks, we're going to be dealing with a subject that I think is very, very important, especially in the day and time in which we live. Today, I'm going to give you one key, and then over the next three Sundays, I'm going to give you three more. And our focus point, obviously, is... Um, is on the word survivor. Survivor. Now, I couldn't help when I thought about the word survivor to think about the game survivor. Now, think for a moment. Contestants get together and they compete for a prize. And they go through some stuff in order to 
be the last one, the, as it were, the, the last man standing, the one who gets the prize, who can say, I survived all of this entire circumstance in order to be the one who stands as the winner. I want to begin by saying I believe with all of my heart that God intends on every one of us to be a winner. I believe that with all of my heart. And so it is that we, we look at this idea of being a survivor, and I think about that game, survivor, and in a lot of ways it mirrors the lives that we live. These contestants have to figure out ways to beat the odds, to survive the challenge. The next four sermons, including today, are designed to help us be a survivor, to help us beat the odds, to survive the challenge. And to me, challenge is the big word. Everyone faces challenges. Everyone have to live their lives in such a way as to overcome difficulties. Matter of fact, the reality of life is this, that the secret isn't to stay out of difficulties because that really isn't life. Life has a way of throwing us curveballs in baseball terms. It has a way of putting us in the position that sometimes we have to throw a Hail Mary in football terms. Sometimes we race around the track under a caution flag. Things are in the way. Something has gone wrong. Somebody is hurting. That's the way life is. Now, I didn't bring you in the house today, and I know you didn't come here for me to depress you. But the secret to life isn't staying out of difficulties. The secret to life is how do you survive them? How do you survive them? I believe the Word of God speaks directly to this, but... But this being Easter Sunday, I think that it is important for us to recognize that Jesus Christ, our Savior, is the ultimate survivor. Hebrews chapter 12, speaking first to the people in a sense of understanding our own circumstance and then giving us some answers as to how do we overcome life's difficulties. How do, we, how do we overcome bad days? I mean, I don't know about you. I, mean, I have lived through a bad day. Has anybody in the house ever had a bad day? Some of your hands went up way too fast. Maybe I, may, may I should ask this. How many of you have ever had a bad week? You know, I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself while I was, while I was going through this... Um, this you're preparing for for today, but then ultimately even for the whole series. And I, I, I was thinking about man, there there just been sometimes that it just wasn't a bad day. It was a bad week. 
And then I thought to myself, Vanessa, sometimes I've had a bad month. It's like I, I wish I could just take the eraser out and just take March out. You know what I'm saying? Just, just wipe the entire month out. It's a bad month. Then I thought to myself, I've had some bad years. You know? I mean, I mean, you know, this doesn't make you want to do calisthenics, but think about it for a second. You know, I mean, okay, maybe I'm just too honest with you. But, you know, there have been, there've been years of my life that I think, man, if I could just take 2014 out, you know what I'm saying? Just take it out. Erase my mind. Somehow, somehow help me just forget that year. And then I thought to myself, there was at least one stretch that I had a bad decade. Like, maybe I'm the only person in the room that would even be willing to admit that. I think, man, I will say this, that I don't believe it's the will of God for us to stay in a bad season. Those times that my bad seasons were prolonged, I think in some sense of the word, I was somewhat responsible for that because I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to deal with it. How, how do I deal with it to break the cycle? How do I make a bad day a better day? How do I make a bad week a better week? How do I make a bad month a better month or year or decade? How do I, how do I even do that? Here I am, a preacher. I'm supposed to be the one to have at least some of the answers. If you think for one second the preacher has all the answers, you have a high expectancy that will surely cause disappointment. <laughs> you know, I mean, anymore, I'll be honest with you, I've been doing this a long time. I mean, 30 years and been pastoring here uh, in a pastoral capacity since 1995. And I've thought to myself, you know, when I was younger, I used to really think I had to come up with all the answers. And anymore, it's just a great relief to say I'm 50 years old almost, and I just don't know. They're like, Pastor, tell me, tell me, what should I do? I don't know. You know, there's some measure of relief, you know, when you really don't know. I mean, be comfortable to say it. And there, there are sometimes that I, I've looked back on my and I said, man, I, I don't know. I don't know how to make this better. I don't know. But yet the Word of God screams to us some keys as to how we deal with the bad day. How did Jesus deal with his bad day? Be a good place to look. Matter of fact, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, I mean, this is coming off of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 in theological terms and in religious terms and church terms is kind of called the faith chapter. It's really about a bunch of people that had faith. But it's amazing if you read Hebrews chapter 11. It's amazing. That not all of those people won exactly in terms that we would think they should win. Say, so, man, if you have faith, then maybe you shouldn't 
have to go through that. I think about like the three Hebrew boys from the Old Testament, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they wouldn't bow to the king's wishes to worship the king because they served the living God. And they said, we're not bowing. And and the king said, if you don't bow, you're going to burn in the furnace. And they said, you know, it's not even in your hands whether or not we die in that furnace. But this much we do know, we are not going to bow our knee to you. And a lot of people's theology, they'd say, well, you know what, if God really, if they really had faith, they wouldn't face that furnace. But in fact, they got thrown headlong into that furnace. How many of you ever had a bad day? <laughs> you ever had a bad day? They got thrown headlong into that furnace. And when they got in that furnace, you know, there's a lot of people that say, well, you know what, they must not have had faith. But did you know that their faith was the kind of faith that didn't keep them from the fire. It was the kind of faith that delivered them out of it. And so, it got a little hot. You ever been in a hot situation? Got a little hot, but the Bible says that not even hair on their body was singed, and that's the miraculous thing about God. But then how do they do that? How do they do that? See, I mean, that's the thing that sort of just pings on me. What do you do when you're having a a bad day? We're we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. But then he said, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And this is key. So there are some things you've got to, as we would say in East Texas, shuck. Young people, that's not a bad word. Think corn, shuck corn. No, not get the can opener, but, you know, peel the stuff off, right? Some things you got to peel off, man. Some some things you just, he's saying here that, you know what, there's some things you just got to set down. If you're going to really do this, then then you got to take a strong consideration about that. I mean, for me, you know, I mean, when I think about when I have a bad day or a bad year or a bad month or a bad day, and when I think about those bad times, um, I tended to get in isolation. I tended to isolate myself. You know what I'm saying? So then, and the more isolated I became, the more depressed I became. And the more depressed I became, well, there you have it. You are prolonging the season. You're prolonging the season. That's, that's just me. I mean, that may not be you. You may have other things in your life that, that you need to shuck off, that you need to peel back and say, you know what, I'm, you know, I'm just going to leave that there because I'm coming out of this bad day. I'm coming out there. But now, now listen, he says, so, so there's some things you gotta, you got to set aside. And then he says this, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us run with perseverance. I saw something in that word. I don't think I've ever keyed so much on the word perseverance um, as I have uh, in the study of this. And, and I saw something like right in the middle of, of perseverance that... Um, that, that really spoke to me, and that was a, a derivative of the word severe. <laughs> severe. Think about that. Think about that. Most of us can handle a thunderstorm, but when they call it severe, that's when you wish you would have called Gary McCall to put that thing in your backyard. Like, like when they start saying severe, that's when you start thinking about storm shelter. Like, 
we still only have, you know, my family, they don't get me. You know, they don't get us at all. They're like, you live in Oklahoma, you live right in the bullseye of the tornado belt, and you don't have a storm shelter? We thought everyone had a storm shelter. No, we go to our safe room, which basically means a closet with no windows. They say the best you can offer your family is a closet with no windows. I said, I don't know what's wrong with this. We have just, I'm East Texas man, but I've adapted to great Oklahoma. When they talk about tornado coming up 121st Street, I go outside on the driveway. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But when they start talking severe... When they start talking about severe, you start kind of paying attention because it's not just going to rain, baby. It's going to do some damage somewhere. There's some damage coming to somebody. And I think about that word persevere, that you have to push through those severe moments in life. Those times where some damage is coming. Man, have you ever had a Bad day. How do, you, how do you deal with that? Well, it's amazing that, that the writer of Hebrews, talking about perseverance, talking about these severe moments, that we've got to run with perseverance, that we have to be willing to, to overcome, that we have to be willing to stick with it. He says this, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, So he's saying, if you're truly going to overcome a bad day, you got to put your eyes somewhere else. You got to put your attention somewhere else. He says here to fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. In other words, Jesus has already told us how to do this. Jesus has already given us the example. Do you want to survive a bad day? Here is how you do it. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Scorning its shame. And sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now don't you think for a moment that him sitting down at the right hand of the throne of God means he won the victory. I mean, don't you think that at that point he can like ring the bell and say, I have overcome my bad day. Well, let me tell you something. Good Friday... There's a multiple reasons why it's called Good Friday, but it wasn't so good for Jesus. It was really good for us, but it wasn't so good for Jesus. Matter of fact, what the cross shows us is a lesson in endurance. Everybody say endurance. See, that, that is the thing. Endurance and perseverance kind of are married to each other and intertwined in this idea of sustaining. And the first thing in this series, it's one of four, the first thing that I want you to understand about surviving a bad day is that you have to be willing to endure it. You have to be willing to endure it. That there are just some things in life and there are just some days or some weeks or some months or some years or some decades, hopefully not. That you just kind of have to grit your teeth, strap yourself in, hang on for the ride and endure. So I think that this is something that 
a lot of people don't understand that when Jesus went to the cross, it was a very challenging day. Even though he was the Son of God, it was still a struggle for him to get through that circumstance. Matter of fact, look at Matthew 26, 39. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to the disciples, found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Then he went away a second time and prayed, My Father! If it is possible, if it is not possible, rather, for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Jesus Christ is begging for a way out of his bad day. He didn't didn't skip to Malu. He didn't walk into that thing saying, well, this is going to be a gooder. Jesus Christ went to crucifixion Knowing full well and feeling full well the gravity of this moment, he was going to feel every ounce of it, both physically and spiritually. He's praying to the Father, if there's any way, if there's any way, But there wasn't a way. Jesus Christ then had to resign himself to the fact that the bad day was just going to be a bad day. He had to resign himself to the fact that although there was no way out, there was a way through. And the word says to us in Hebrews, again, 12 and 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, the one who is showing us how to, how to do this. For the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. He hated every minute of it. He hated every minute of it. I mean, come on. We have to be just a little real. I think sometimes in, 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 in Christian circles, especially especially those of us who stand very firmly on, on a word of faith and just, just, you know, but sometimes, oh boy, I probably shouldn't say this, but I have a knack for that. Sometimes, We stop being honest about the reality of the circumstance. Listen, if you stub your toe, you cannot confess the stub toe away. You just have to endure it. You just have to endure it. You have to endure it. And Jesus... The pioneer of our faith, the perfecter of our faith, did not confess the cross away. He endured the cross. And how did he endure the cross? He endured the cross by realizing it doesn't end 
here. For the joy set before him. I will tell us this today, that if you truly want to be a survivor, you have to learn to endure until. You have to learn to endure until. In other words, maybe I should, should just jump right to the end of the sermon by telling you, you can't quit. You can't throw your hands up in the air and say, well, that's it. If Jesus Christ would have done that, he would not have realized and recognized the eternal benefit of what he was doing. But the Bible says, instead of him focusing on the cross, no, he endured the cross while focusing on something that was ahead and that was total and absolute victory that came on resurrection day. Resurrection day was coming. I will say, the challenge is not what you need to focus all of your attention on. If you are going to endure, you need to fix your eyes ahead, just like our victorious Jesus did. Resurrection day is coming for everyone who learned the value of endurance. There are many, many, many situations in life that we just have to learn to endure. If you're going to survive the challenge, you must first endure the challenge. Think about Survivor for a moment. The one who wins the prize is the one who endures everything to win it. And perseverance, this pushing through the severe, sustaining in the severe, this perseverance is a constant theme throughout Scripture. Matter of fact, check out James 1.12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Yeah, if you just persevere, if you'll learn to endure, there's a crown coming in your life. Resurrection day is on its way. This is echoed in 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Paul must have surely been thinking about the Greek games and the marathon runs and those, those fantastic Olympian runs that, that were so popular then and, and even now. But, but, but he's, he's looking into that scenario saying, listen, listen, if you're going to win, you've got to learn to persevere. You've got to run the race as one who really wants to win the prize. And, and you don't do that lackluster. You have to endure. And you certainly don't do it if you quit. Be very beneficial for some of you in the room to know that I've kind of made a life commitment here around Easter to drink less Dr. Pepper and to exercise more. I know the nurses in the room will say, thank the Lord, we're going to have him another year. I don't know, maybe you won't say that, I don't know. <laughs> some of you might be going, drink Dr. Pepper, drink Dr. Pepper. I, I, you know, I, I'm trying to 
I'm trying to do a little bit of that, a little bit of that exercise stuff, try to do a little bit of that. And I don't know, there's something about that 5 coming on May 13th, I think, is kind of working on it. I don't consider myself a marathon. Now, Raylene, my wife, has in the past been an accomplished marathoner. Member of the Marathon Maniacs. Woo! Marathon Maniacs. You know what you got to do to be a Marathon Maniac? Run two full marathons in one week. So she ran one on, what was it, one on Sunday and one on Saturday. That's just nuts. But oh well, I married it. Yep. Yeah, I'm proud of it. But you know, I'm proud of her accomplishment. I used to love when when she trained for marathons to, to just watch the you know the stamina and the endurance that 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 takes. You know, I'd drop her off downtown and she would run home to Jeans, and that was always weird. Like I'm like, hey, I'll see you when you get to the house. I'm gonna go have a Dr Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's the truth, though. It, it, it's, it's even worse because it's the truth. It's, you know. And then, and then I, I'd, get, I'd get to the house and get in the recliner, get with my Dr. Pepper, think to myself, I wonder about where she is now. 21st Street, she's running from downtown. <laughs> Training. Training. But there were, there were a spurt or two during those days that, that I would go out and run with her. No, I would run walk. She would run. And, and, I, and she, gave me a, a, she gave me a point of advice then that, that I, you know, I can't even go walk in my neighborhood without think, about thinking about this. I, I can't even get on a treadmill without thinking about this. All right? Because she, she told me, because, I mean, here's, here's the way we would do it, is I would jog and she would jog with me. Then I would walk and she would keep jogging. And she would go up to a certain point and turn around and loop back to me. And then I would jog. And she would jog with me. And then I would walk. And she would take off again, keep jogging, and loop around and come back to me. And we just did this loop thing. And she got all of her training in. And I didn't go nearly as far as she did. But, but, she told me something. She, she told me. She told me something that um, that every marathoner needs to know, and uh, she keeps all of these. This is some of them. Uh, every marathoner needs to know. Um, <laughs> the Route 66. I'm feeling like a winner. The Oz Marathon. Oh, late Kansas. Y'all like my medals, hers medals? She told me something. If you're going to do this, if you're going to have some bling, <laughs> you're going to have you some marathon bling. You never think about the finish line. She used to tell me, she says, she says, you don't need to think about getting back to the car. Right now, you just need to endure what you can grab a hold of 
and for her, it was run to the next telephone pole. Do y'all know how they space telephone poles out or electric lines? They've got a pole, then a space, then a pole, then a space, then a pole, then a space. She said, you've got to focus on the joy that you can see before you. Those who endure the race run from pole to pole. Run from pole to pole. And if you'll do that correctly, you might could win the prize. There are people in the sound of my voice that are having a bad week. And I'm trying to help you understand that if you'll just get to the next pole, there's a prize coming. Jesus showed us how to do it. For Jesus, the next pole was resurrection day. And I mean, it, it might have even been shorter than that if we can think. He went through trial. The next pole was the scourging. And the word of God says, with those stripes, we are healed. And Jesus says, I can endure this. And then there was a cross. I can make it to that pole. And then there was death. I can make it to that one. And then there was the tomb. I can make it to that one. And then there was resurrection day. I can make it to that one. But then there was the revealing himself to the church. I can make it to that one. And then there was the 50 days he stayed with them. I can make it to that one. And then there was the ascension. I can make it to that one. And then there was the birth of the church on the day of Pentecost. I can make it to that one. And then there was the fantastic revival among the Jewish people. I can make it to that one. And then there was the opening up to the rest of the world and the Gentile world to the Cornelius household. I can make it to that one. And then there was the Apostle Paul. I can make it to him. And then there was the church at large. I can make it to that one. And then there was the outpouring of the Spirit in the, in, in the, in the last century. I can make it to that one. And then there was Triumph Worship Center on Easter Sunday, 2017. And Jesus is still running To help us understand that there's a prize if we will endure. There's a prize if we will endure. Stand with me, please. You say, Pastor, how do you run the poles on a treadmill? Are y'all ready? The marathoner taught me this. How do you run the poles on a treadmill? 30 seconds. At a slow pace, a slow jog, it's about 30 seconds from pole to pole. Some of you in this room right now are 30 seconds away. Just 30 seconds away. Because did you know that at some point... The next pole is going to be the finish line. At some point. At some point in that race, you've won. What's around the next corner 
What's around the next bend? Pastor, how in the world do I survive a bad month? From pole to pole, 30 seconds at a time, endure. You don't quit. You endure. Because Jesus Christ wants you to win. And there's a joy coming. There's a prize coming. There's a prize coming. The Old Testament writer wrote these words. He says, the race isn't necessarily to the swift or the fastest. The race is for that person that endures till the end. That one that just says, you know what? One foot in front of the other. I'm going to find it within myself and by the power of the Holy Spirit to endure. Now, next week and the next week and the next week, three weeks, I'm going to give you three important factors to endurance. If you would say, you might leave this, I don't even know, how do you endure? I'm going to tell you how to endure the next three weeks. I'm going to tell you how to endure the next three weeks. But for today, I want to endure very importantly, I want to infuse something with inside of your heart that you will know when you leave this house, you can make it. You can make it. You can. You can. I'm a witness. I, I, I'm one of those cloud of witnesses now that says, you know what? I've been through some bad times. I've been through some times of disappointment. I've been through some times of, 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 of severe need. I've been through times of rejection. And I know this, that in every one of those circumstances, when I endured, there was a resurrection day coming. There was a resurrection day coming. There is a resurrection in your peace. A resurrection for your joy. A resurrection for, for, your, for your plan. Here you are thinking about quitting. And I'm standing today saying, don't quit. Because resurrection is coming. If you will endure. Jesus Christ wants you to be a survivor. He wants you to be a survivor. Would you pray with me? Bow your heads. Pray with me. Father, I am so thankful for this opportunity that we had today to come into this house and to to bring such, I feel, as an important word from you. And I pray that in every life and in every heart and in every circumstance that, that people would find a glimmer of hope if they're going through a bad season, that they would find a glimmer of hope to understand today that they just have to endure for a little while. That they just have to endure for a little while. And that on, on the back side of this trial, on the back side of this, of this bad circumstance, on the back side of this day of their life, that they're going to see a resurrection day. I thank you for your love and mercy and for your kindness in every one of our lives. Infuse this word in our heart. Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed for a second. This is Resurrection Sunday. This is Easter Sunday. And I would be remiss if I would not give someone the opportunity today to have a fresh start in your your walk with God, in your faith. It may be the first time you've ever prayed a prayer of confession. It may be the hundredth time. I believe that God wants you to have a fresh start today. You say, Pastor, I'm not going to embarrass you, okay? I'm not going to call you forward. 
But if you're in this house and say, you know what, Pastor, I need a fresh start. I need to commit my life to Christ or I need to rededicate my life to Christ. Would you just slip a hand up? I'm not going to make you come forward, I promise. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm praying today for a miracle to happen in your life. All right, keep your hands down now. Church, everybody, would you pray with me as we pray with those? This is a first step. This is not the, this is not the end of it. This is the beginning of it. This is a first step. But I believe you'll take this step and pray with me with all of your heart that God will give you strength today. Pray with me, church. Everybody say, Father, I thank you for the opportunity to pray and to ask for a fresh start. I thank you right now for your love and your mercy. I thank you that Christ was raised from the dead for me. And today, I receive that promise. I thank you for saving me as I commit my heart to you. I declare Jesus Christ is my Lord in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen to that, and let's shout with our voice and our hands and clap. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your name.